This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. It's a shocking story of negligence by airlines that were supposed to take care of vulnerable passengers. An Indian couple in their 60s who are both in wheelchairs and don't speak English were left unattended for 12 hours in Vancouver's airport without access to food, water, or washrooms. They missed a connecting flight from Nepal to visit their son in Edmonton, even though special arrangements had been made with two airlines, Cathay Pacific and WestJet. It seems that both airlines are now blaming each other, while the couple's son wants them to step up and take responsibility. Want to hear from you? Maybe you've had some kind of similar experience. And what do you think of this? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-744-740. And incidentally, it was just last week that we were talking about the new Passenger Bill of Rights, which uh, is coming into effect in a couple of weeks. So, wow, the timing on this is kind of interesting. Again, we are waiting for your calls. And in the meantime, we are going to lawyer David Lepofsky, who is with Excel- Accessibility for Ontario's with Disabilities Act Alliance, and Ellen Roseman, a consumer advocate, advocate and columnist with the Toronto Star. Thank you both so much for joining us. Good afternoon. Hi, Libby. Hi, David. Okay. Hello, Ellen. Let's start with Ellen. What, what is your reaction to this, and does it surprise you? Well, it's a, a very shocking story. Um, I am surprised. As I read, the CBC uh, Go Public did a terrific job, as they usually do. They're very thorough. But when you get to the end, you realize that the upcoming uh, air passenger rights rules that are uh, starting in July and phased in toward the end of the year they don't really include access to uh, people with disability uh, and making sure that their rights are respected. That is something else. There was a link to the Canadian Transportation Agency, and it hasn't even written the regulations yet. And once those are done, it expects it'll be another year until those come in. And the shocking thing for me is that what has changed, right? We've always had people in wheelchairs. I look back, actually, and there was some interesting stuff about the fact that Air Canada was using its own staff and its own wheelchairs, and other airlines didn't like that. And the GTAA, which is the Greater Toronto Airport Authority, wanted to um, centralize it all, which sounded like it would be helpful. But the Air Canada Union objected, and they ended up saying, okay, let's just leave it as it is. So each airline has its own policy on wheelchairs, and there's no central authority, and, you know, and airports themselves have a role to play, as well as blaming the airlines. I would think that it would be great if a giant airport like uh, the, the Pearson had people in each airport who were just deputized to make sure that nobody seemed lost or stranded. 
and help them get to the amenities they needed, like the bathrooms or the the uh, food areas. Oh, that sounds like a reasonable idea. Let's bring in David Lepofsky. What is your reaction to this? Well, I'm appalled, but sadly, I'm not shocked because as a blind individual who travels all over the place, I mean, I just flew in two days ago from Israel, I dread entering Canadian airspace. And I love Canada. But I know that when I land here, the kind of services I'm going to get in our airports are really inconsistent. There are times they're smooth and efficient, and there are times that you're spent dithering and waiting. I've had times when my flight from Chicago, Toronto is shorter than the time it takes to get from landing on the ground to out the front door and in a car coming home because of the inconsistent and unreliable service. And I've been told by the the nice people who do ground assist support who I chat with that they're frustrated too. There aren't enough of them uh, hired to do this kind of work, and the system is pretty chaotic. It doesn't look they're always properly and sufficiently trained. And uh, the Canadian Transportation Agency is the federal agency that's been responsible for this not just recently, but for decades. Mm-hmm. And for decades, they've left it to voluntary codes of practice. In other words, please do a good job. Please do a good job, right? And they've proposed new regulations, uh, which Ellen referred to. And uh, these have some helpful stuff in them, but in some ways, they're deeply troubling. In some ways, they actually uh, cut back on and are weaker than the rights that Passengers with disabilities are entitled to under our human rights legislation. That's also a criticism of the the rules that they've just proposed for other things that uh, some of them cut back on existing rights. Okay, I want want to get that in a sec, but I just want to take uh, one of our callers first and people, the numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-744-740 and Sharif in Mississauga. Hello. Sharif? Go ahead, yeah. Yes, uh, you have a similar story. Yes, 2016, I'll be embarrassed what happened to me uh, coming back from Cuba to Canada with the airlines. I was told not to name the airlines. Okay, I understand. But these people have to be qualified and trained. Like, I'm disabled myself. What happened to you? Uh, I was, I'm embarrassed, uh, Jane, to say over the phone what happened to me in 2016. I would be really embarrassed to say that thing. But those incidents should not happen like happened to those two older people uh, sitting at the airport 12 hours. That's a sad, very sad. Okay, Sharif, thanks for your call. Uh, I understand it must have been a very troubling incident. Thank you for your call. Yes, they have to be trained more. Those people that got hired, good looks and stuff like this, good looks are to clean the dirty shoes. 
Okay, thank you for that. Uh, so Sharif has brought something up, and that's the issue of, of the training of the people who are helping those people with disabilities. And in this case, though, it was kind of a crossed wire. David, uh, do you see that happening? It's two airlines. There was a going to be a, a connecting flight. And, you know, here's the thing. Uh, people with disabilities weren't invented last week. Yeah. And people flying through a major airport like Vancouver, uh, transferring from one airline to another, were not invented last week. I, I flew to New Zealand to give uh, to do some volunteer work there last fall. I land in LAX in LA, and they move smoothly from one terminal to another with efficiency. There's no reason this has to be the inconsistent and unreliable situation we have. And, and just so you know, and not a lot of media reported on this, last uh, week the Parliament of Canada uh, finally passed a new law called the Accessible Canada Act that we and others fought for for years. And it's supposed to ensure that Canada becomes accessible by 2040, including areas like air travel. Are, there are some good things in the bill, and we're, we're happy it passed with some improvements that we fought for, but one of the things we were very critical of is that it left regulation of accessibility and air travel with the Canadian Transportation Agency, the very agency that had the lousy track record that let things like this happen. Uh, and it, Ellen, like who, who would you think this should rest with? Well, the CTA... Uh, in the past, and I don't know why it is, because um, other airlines or other industries besides airlines are regulated, and there are, you know, like the CRTC does telecom, and the C, uh, the uh, finance uh, does banks. But for airlines, they allowed them to set their own rules and enforce their own rules. And the CTA would only get involved if the airline didn't do a good job enforcing the rules that it wrote itself, and those rules were often unfair. And you had to go through a kind of litigation process with the CTA to challenge the fairness of those rules. And it's just taken so long. And uh, we all know that the airline industry has deteriorated po- partly because of the popularity of air travel, the accessibility of low fares, that, you know, we're just overcrowded. A lot of us just don't like to travel, even if we're a so-called able-bodied, because we're standing in line all the time, we're stuck in security lines, we often miss our flights as a result of all the delays at the airport, and then we find we have to put out a lot of money in order to um, uh, pay for a new flight. So it's it's really a, a crisis that's built up over a number of years, as David says, and now we're getting to it, but it's very slowly, and because of the need for it, we're often accepting rules that aren't perfect, that aren't really the 100% kind of compliance with normal, you know, kind of common sense that we'd like, but we're anxious to get something in place as opposed to just letting airlines decide what the rules are and enforce them themselves. Ellen, do you think that that rules for dealing with disabled people should have been in the Passenger Bill of Rights? Would that have made things better? Certainly makes sense to me. But uh, they may have had their reasons for doing it later and giving it a longer period of, uh, you know, being studied separately because a lot of these things uh, will attract comment from uh, the disabled community and maybe it shouldn't be mixed up with the uh, the other rights. But then on the other hand, why didn't it happen earlier? Why hasn't it happened a long time ago? Um, 
And I, and I do want to say that as well as the airlines, I think that air terminals should have some responsibility here. And I'm not sure who governs those. Um, in Toronto, it's like a private public partnership. It's the GTA, the greater, too. the airport's authority. Yeah. Yes, and that's, yes. that's the troubling. GTA doesn't have any jurisdiction over them. Yeah. They, that's, that's actually, that's, that's not altogether true. Just so you know, the, the, the one of the problems we folks, uh, can have we folks travelers with disabilities is just getting uh, from the the curbside into the counter to check in. I've had problems with that uh, historically, both with uh, the Pearson and with Billy Bishop. And um, the the good news is the CTAs, the Canadian Transportation Agency's proposed regulations cover this. The bad news is they're pathetically vague, and I'm not sure they're going to help the way we need. Just to give you an idea, before they they built the tunnel at um, at the Toronto Island. Uh, you, you'd walk in the front door of the mainland terminal, and you, you could meet someone and ask for assistance. Now when you walk in there, there's absolutely nobody there. There's no employee inside the building. And as a result, they've, they've got a, a place you can go and phone and ask for someone to come all the way from the island out to meet you, which means the speedy service at Billy Bish that everybody enjoys is considerably longer for us. But just to give you an idea, as a blind person, there's a there's a sign in Braille by that, that phone or intercom saying to press a certain button to, to call Porter. And, and that's great, except they don't mark the button in Braille. Wow. So, like, it tells you what to press, but, you know, it doesn't tell you in, in Braille, but it doesn't tell you in Braille which button it is. <laughs> I mean, that's this is not rocket science, folks, and we're also not talking about big bucks. Uh, yeah, just a little bit of care. Let's take a call from Cheryl here in Toronto. Hello, Cheryl. Hello. Hi, the same thing happened to me with Air Canada two years ago when I got home. I was dumped in a hallway. Um, the wheelchair first hadn't been arranged. I had to wait. Then I was dumped in a hallway and told, someone will pick you up here. Nobody ever came. Um I had been going through airports in Europe, and the problem is in Canada, the airline is responsible for the disabled passenger. In Europe, the airport itself was responsible, and I was assigned at each airport a person. Um, I was treated with respect and dignity. I never waited. One airport in Switzerland even had a lounge for the disabled passengers where I was offered food and water. Um, it, it was just a completely different experience. and. Nobody ever came for me in that hallway. How long were you and there was, for? Uh, about two hours, and I was in tears. I asked every Air Canada person that passed for help. They ignored me. Oh. Finally, one person that worked at the airport told me to go phone over there, and um, the airport finally found Air Canada to get someone. Wow. But, um, I mean, I was in tears. I was in agony and pain from traveling all day. It was just and you, I couldn't go anywhere. My luggage was downstairs, you know, circling, circling. And Oh, that sounds just awful. I'm sorry you had to go through that. I think it that plays into what Ellen was talking about, and that's the responsibility of, of the airport in addition to the airline. Well, once the airport knew about it, they got a hold of Air Canada, yes. who finally sent somebody. But it, it shouldn't be that way. Right. I mean, even when we left for the trip, we had three wheelchairs. We almost missed our plane, and we were there four hours early because Air Canada just couldn't get their act together with the wheelchairs and, and my mom's walker and everything. And was this, this was for you or your mom? 
Well, my parents came with me, but they had to fly home um, partway through. Okay. Um, so I continued on, and then I arrived home alone. And it, w- was that your only bad experience, or have you had more? Well, I don't really travel much, but... Oh, wow. There can um, be a problem, too, with wheelchairs in that, uh, if say, I used to travel with my mother and she needed a wheelchair, but I had her luggage and my luggage, and I had really no hands. And airports should be offering some help with, you know, pushing that person in the wheelchair to at least the, the air, airplane, because if there's just one person who's traveling with them, it can be really difficult to manage everything. I actually had, and I, I don't want to make it sound like it's always bad. It's just, it's uneven. I, I had one situation where I was traveling with, uh, with my wife and my daughter, and we had a ground assistance m- person actually meet us at curbside, and we had the stuff in a, my daughter was in a stroller uh, at this point, and so my wife was pushing the stroller, and, and I had the, the carriage, like the buggy with all of the, uh, the cart with all of our luggage. So I, I can't steer it myself. So I asked the grand assistance person, can you push it? And the, the person said, oh, I'm not allowed to touch it. Now I've had others who'd will. So I said, are you allowed to touch me? Cause you, you know, I have to take your arm to guide me. And the person said, yeah. I said, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to put my hands on the cart. You put your hands over my hands and then you push to direct. I'll, I'll provide the force. I just need you to steer it. I mean, this is the kind of thing that again, it's not every time. But you just don't know what you're going to encounter on a particular day, uh, whether it's going to be perfectly good, perfectly smooth, um, or uh, the opposite extreme. And and if airline here, – here's so what will change it? If the airlines knew that there was a federal regulatory agency that was going to enforce the law vigorously, quickly, loudly, and right to the top, this would get fixed it would get fixed quickly and reliably. But the airlines, I think, know that the CTA is, is uh, the Canadian Transportation, Transportation Agency, um, is, uh, isn't doing that uh, with sufficient predictability. And when I look at the draft regulations on accessible travel, they look to me like they were largely written by the airline industry uh, to... to um, Keep it as as vague and give leave to them as much wiggle room uh, as they can. The Air Passenger Rights Association, uh, Gabor Lukash, who's a very strong advocate for passengers, he says that there was separate consultations with the airline industry. So I don't discount what you're saying. And and like they definitely they had an advisory committee for people with disabilities. They did get input and all that stuff. But the question is, what do they do with it? And we were concerned about leaving the federal government, leaving this issue with the Canadian Transportation Agency precisely because um, they, their track record is so poor and they've had so long to, to clean up their act. They're kind of very Johnny-come-lately on it. We'd rather the, the new accessibility commissioner created under the new Accessible Canada Act, responsible for regulating most other accessibility, have this under their portfolio, too. There'll be more arm's length from the industry, um, and we would believe have a simpler, faster process uh, to ensure it. But unfortunately, the federal government didn't listen to us. Uh, we do have federal election coming up, and we will be making requests of the various parties to to fix some of this mess. Okay, well, hopefully the they will, because the Passenger Bill of Rights also looks uh, like it's uh, pretty toothless. Ellen, what would you like to leave us with on this? I would say that if it were my parents, and they didn't speak English, and they um, didn't have any... Uh, 
anyone with them, I would try to find someone to maybe go with them because it's the language barrier is, is difficult. And if both of them are in wheelchairs, you know, there's no one to take care of them. So knowing that the uh, uh, Canadian airports, as David said, are inconsistent, I probably would make sure that I could find somebody to uh, to help out. Okay, well, in this case, they were trying to connect to Edmonton, and, uh, you know, there's big expenses involved here. But, yeah, I mean, this is just, uh, I, I could just, you know, my heart goes out to them. How awful. Okay, uh, and David Lepofsky, what would you like to leave us with on this, aside from the fact that you wish it was another agency that... Uh, if, if people want to learn more about our campaign, I, I have the privilege of leading a coalition of campaigns for accessibility in, in Ontario and federally for people with all kinds of disabilities, not just folks in wheelchairs, of course, people, and not just people like me who are blind. Uh, go to uh, the Internet and go to www.aodaalliance.org, aodaalliance.org. Org. You can learn about our campaign and and sign up to get our email updates and learn how to how to add your voice to ours. Okay, thank you so much to both of you, Ellen Roseman, consumer advocate and columnist for the Toronto Star, and David Lepofsky, an advocate for people with disabilities. Appreciate your input there. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks, Libby. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.